Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, I sit down with Steve Kent to talk about the movie Signs. The aliens represent fear for us, and we dive into the different responses to fear in our lives. Do we run to the basement focusing on protection and control? Or do we grow stronger through our fear, learning to hear the words of our Father? Slow down. Breathe. I'm here with you. Swing away, Meryl, and let's discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me across the study on the couch, the co- coffee-soaked st- <laughs> couch, is my friend Steve. Hey Steve, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I spilled my coffee if you couldn't tell what he was talking about. Yeah, it's well, they weren't here for the, the pre-show action. So <laughs> Steve is a very animated talker. So, yes. And evidently I had enough coffee. <laughs> That's right. At the signs. That right? we it, was the sign. Sign. <laughs> right. it was a sign. I had enough coffee. I spilled it on myself. <laughs> you need no more caffeine for right now. Correct. <laughs> so Steve and I met as, as most guys do through their barber. Uh, I don't, yes. I don't know if I've talked about Tina Marie on the podcast before, but I, I go to a barber who's approximately an hour away. Um, she's been, uh, cutting my hair kind of sells it short and doing my hair makes me feel like I just lost all my masculine <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Well, when you bit. have luxurious locks, like I do, you, you can't just go to great you know, sport clips or something. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, she, she, you, she's on one hour away from uh, you and she's about 10 minutes away from me. So it's uh, but that is how we, that is how we connected. Yeah. Um, she was talking to me one day, um, she's a very, very uh, interesting person to talk to, and and she's someone that, uh, through her through her work, talks to a lot of people. And she will occasionally say, you know, I met someone, and it kind of reminds me of you, makes me think of you. You you all should connect. You all should get together. So she gave me Paul's number, and uh, I reached out to Paul, and uh, here we sit. Yeah, uh, we've met a few times for uh, coffee. Yeah, and, and typically I've kept it all in the cup. Usually, yeah. Yeah, had lunch a couple of times, and uh, <laughs> our conversations and, and uh, time together has led us here. Yeah. So the reason I think Tina Marie connected us, and by the way, if you live in Charlotte or in the Denver area, go to the perfect gentleman mm-hmm. up there in Denver, yes. but not too much because I still, right now, I still need to get my hair cut. So right. I want to be able to still be able to schedule myself. Yeah, so schedule around Paul if <laughs> yes. you could. So you need to talk to me first before right. you talk to Tina Marie. But uh, so she, because you're recently retired mm-hmm. about yes. a year ago. Yes. We'll and, call it that. <laughs> and I'm phasing your, your fa- yeah, yeah. Retirements. So and, and one of your big pet peeves is when you say, yeah, yes. I've, I'm retired is, How's the pickleball going? Yes, you can, you know, you should play pickleball, you know, or volunteer or, you know, Walmart has greeters. And listen, I've some, I've had some great conversations with greeters at Walmart. Um, There is no downside to that at all. I'm just not, not, not there yet. That's not your jam. Not yet. Not yet. And as, as my dad found out when he retired is life gets busier because you get to choose what you're doing. Yes. And uh, so Steve's 
doing some creative work. He's doing, trying to get his own podcast going. And that's, I think one of the reasons why is, oh, you, you should talk to me because I'm the podcast guru. Yes. Because I've done it. Yeah, he's done it. He's got, <laughs> what do you got, 90, how many out there? We recently hit our 100th episode, so, right. and this is my second go around. So the, the, some of the technical stuff of doing it, which is a lot of the big questions anyway. Yes. Is right. how do you do it? Right, right. And so as, we, as we're talking about the movie signs, we followed the signs and enjoyed hanging out and- so we're probably going to do try to do like a home and home where I'll have you on my podcast and you'll have me on yours. That's and, right. Because who doesn't want to? What what retiree sixty seventy year old doesn't want to hear some forty year old talk about what they need to do? Well, I yeah, it, it's forty ish, forty ish, forties. You're an old soul. I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I've I've often said when I get to be as old as you, then I'm like, wait a minute, no, he's, I'm no. the older one right. here. <laughs> It's maturity. Yeah. A friend of mine, he's, there's a picture of me nine years ago. They're like, look how young Paul looks. <laughs> and, and, and as we discussed, I, I showed up for the, I, I go shopping at one of our local grocery stores and they, uh, over COVID, I received the senior citizen discount. Right. Which I'm like, you know, I have a mask. I've got gray hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, about a month ago, right. I again received it. No mask going through. And on our way out, I asked my son, I was like, can you look up how old, what is the senior citizen discount? Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's for people 60 and over. Right. I was like, I'm 47. <laughs> they think I'm 60. <laughs> Did you, but you take it though, right? I mean, you, yeah. You, I mean, you, okay. Yeah, 5%. Yeah, right. It's it's worth a little ding to the dignity. Right. <laughs> I say 5%. <laughs> All right. So I guess what's my pride worth, really? Well, 5%. 5%. Yeah, evidently. Right. My grocery bill. <laughs> that could be dollars. Yeah. Could be dollars worth. <laughs> dollars. Yeah. Right. Ones of dollars. Right. I don't typically, we, we do the frequent shopping. We don't do the like once a week, a mm -hmm. couple hundred bucks. We do the 30, 40 bucks at a time stuff. Yeah. So it adds up. Riveting, riveting podcast radio talking about my grocery shopping habits. It's funny stuff. <laughs> it's funny stuff. Got to make them laugh. So we're we're talking about signs, and as we we like to do uh, to tee up our conversation. I mean, we were basically last time we had met, we were in the parking lot and talking about, oh yeah, you should come on the podcast. Well, what movies? Are like, I don't know. I don't know. And you mentioned signs. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think you said you've watched about three or four times in the couple of weeks mm -hmm. since yeah. then. Yeah, it's better every time I see it. So what is it that jumps out? What is it? Why did you love Signs? Why did you want to talk about it? Why this movie? Um, and there's there's a lot of reasons uh, that I like Signs. Um, I think for me, one of one of the reasons that it resonates with me so much is one of the things that I I say, and people that know me have heard me say it, um, at times we get so caught up in what goes on around us. And I'll say the, the fear of what goes on around us that we, we, um, we don't pay attention to those times. Um, to me, and, and, and we, miss, we miss what we should be getting in those moments. Okay, When we're put in moments of stress, of fear, more than likely, I'm not going to say more than likely, there, that's a time in our lives where there's always a lot to learn. Um, so when I watched Signs, I looked at Signs overall and the, the 
big picture of what this movie is, accepting it that it started at this time in this these people's lives to another, you know, to a short period of time. Because I think the whole the whole thing took place like in three days. I think a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, that that the aliens entered into this these people's lives, and I I take the aliens as fear. Um, not not a physical thing. I don't look at them as um, they represent um, demons or monsters or aliens. I just look at it as fear. Fear entered these people's lives. And watching how they reacted and the things they went through when fear entered their lives really, really just um, resonated with me. I, I saw myself in that. I saw other people in that. When fear comes in, um, do I run to the basement? Uh, and And they did. After all was said and done, they ran to the basement. Yeah. So is, is that is that a good thing, a right thing? I'm not going to say that it's not. I mean, I've never encountered aliens. Maybe I would be in the basement too, <laughs> right? So I'm not judging it like really as that movie. We might all watch that movie and say, well, yes, I would have done the same thing. But looking at the movie from from a different angle, I see it as as how do we how do we live our lives? How do we react to fear? And it challenges our strength. It challenges our faith, but it also challenges, and I'm going to use an odd word, our repetition, right? Um, how do we do things over and over and over again that it's muscle memory? Right. Okay? Our patterns, our habits. Patterns, right. Yeah. I think it really it really tests those um, because we shouldn't be under fear every day. We shouldn't be wanting to run to the basement every day. Um, but when fear comes, how does it, does it strengthen our our reflexes, does it strengthen what we do every day or does it totally blow it apart and sends us scrambling off in a thousand different directions and run into the basement to hide? So yeah. I, I took that from the movie that, that, that resonated with me. I think that, that, that matters to the listeners that matters to us because we live in a society that's pretty fear-based these days, Right. you know, whether it's the recent COVID, the economic stuff, political stuff, all the things that you see, you know, whether, uh, you know, there's the clickbait or the commercial, the news, find out this, how this water is going to kill your child right. next mm -hmm. or tomorrow night at 11 is like, wait, I got to learn. I got to wait 36 hours to find out what's going to kill my child. Right. But this idea of, of how does, how does fear impact our lives? Right. How yeah, do we no. respond to it? Uh, you know, obviously this is, uh, you know, a 20 year old movie. We're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, this is one of those that I'm, I don't want to ruin it for you. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Right. Because it's, I don't want to, very much like Sixth Sense also mm -hmm. by M. Night Shyamalan. Close. Close. Right. And I can't, I'm, names are hard. But some. <laughs> some. Some. <laughs> You know, Don, yeah, Bob Smith. I got that. <laughs> so M. Knight did this movie. He did The Sixth Sense. And those are two movies that you need to see it without being spoiled the first time. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. But in the very beginning of the movie, they set the scene so well. And we talk a lot about on the podcast about the show don't tell moments. And in like the first 30 seconds, you see a picture of Mel Gibson wearing his uh, father priest outfit, the collar mm -hmm. in a picture with his wife and kids. And then he wakes up in a bed alone 
and then it shows another shot of a wall and it has, you can tell there used to be a cross on the wall. So immediately you're like, okay, this is a guy who doesn't have his wife and they've taken the cross down. And so there's some, he's, I mean, he's in bed, so he's not going to be wearing his collar there, but you get the sense that there's some issue with God. Over the course of the movie, you find out what happened. His wife died in a car wreck. He's lost his faith. And I think as you're talking about this idea of fear, um, there's this conversation as the aliens come, because shocker, they're aliens. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of stuff. Steve and I have been talking for over an hour already about what to focus on because this could be a three or four episode. Yeah. It's, it's, podcast. The, it's probably, it's, it's the only alien invasion movie that I've seen that has nothing to do with aliens. Right. The aliens are kind of, Oh, by the way, there's an alien invasion. Right. But it's more about the fear and how we respond to the fear. Yes. And, and a lot of that is based on our, think our faith. And where is that grounded? Where, where is it? What is it in? And there's this conversation that stuck out to me that could probably be the only clip we might play. I don't know. We'll see where the spirit leads us. But it's this, you've got Mel Gibson here, Graham, who's a, a priest who has lost his faith. He's lost his belief in God. He's angry at God because his wife has died. He's no longer the working as, you know, people come up and call him father. And he's like, quick, don't call me father. And on the other hand, you have his brother, Merrill, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who's, they're now faced with uh, the possibility of an alien invasion, the end of the world. And Merrill, as is his custom, looks to his older brother, looks to his uh, father, sort of father figure, at least in the religious sense, looks to him and says, can't you give me some comfort? And this conversation really, I think, shows us the two different responses that we can have to fear and and what's behind it. People break down into two groups. When they experience something lucky, group number one sees it as more than luck, more than coincidence. They see it as a sign. Evidence. That there is someone up there watching out for them. Group number two sees it as just pure luck. A happy turn of chance. I'm sure the people in group number two are looking at those 14 lights in a very suspicious way. For them, this situation is a 50-50. Could be bad. Could be good. But deep down, they feel that whatever happens, they're on their own. And that fills them with fear. Yeah, there are those people. But there's a whole lot of people in the group number one. When they see those 14 lights, they're looking at a miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen be someone there to help them and that fills them with hope see what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you are you the kind that sees signs sees miracles 
do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I never told you the last words that Colleen said before they let her die. She said, see. And her eyes glazed a bit. And then she said, swing away. You know why she said that? Because the nerve endings in her brain were firing as she died. And some random memory of us at one of your baseball games just popped into her head. There's no one watching out for us, Meryl. We are all on our own. Things you wish you didn't say. <laughs> when you watch the movie, that'll make sense. Yeah. So when you when we look at that conversation, and I didn't, there's not a lot of context to this because I, I, one, I don't think there needs to be because it can mean more. Right. Because when we face, when we have experienced trauma, whatever that looks like, right? And and as a global society over the last several years, there's been a consistent level of some sort of trauma. Some sort of fear battering down the doors of our house. Right. And... But I wanted to sort of put that as the groundwork of these two types of people. Type one is where Graham found himself. When I look at the world around me, no one's looking out for us. And that can, you, you see that in people in the church from how they react. Right. And again, when we're talking about reading the signs, looking at the signs, what would you, what are the signs of someone who's living in fear. I think, uh, now when you say living in fear, uh, living in fear, this, the signs might be more to me, how are they reacting to, to the fear, which goes back to those two comments that he made, right? Um, so you walk through life and when things happen and you believe that, or I believe that when, when we believe that there is a reason for this happening, um, there is a, a, bigger purpose. We are not alone, which is what the, the second group says is basically we're alone. Um, when you see people walking through life that believe that um, there is a higher purpose, that we're not alone, that there's God, there's there's the things. You walk through life and, and it's kind of hard to all take this all in sometimes, but everything that happens happens for a reason, right? right. So, so everything I mean, throughout the day, every little thing that happens, happens for a reason. I, I believe that it does. Some of those things um, are impactful. Um, some of those things are, are obvious and have immediate reactions, I mean, immediate consequences to them. Some of them are tucked away. Maybe they come back at a, at a later date. Um, but I think everything happens for a specific reason, um, why we're sitting here together. It wasn't, it wasn't luck. I right. mean, the, what are the odds? I always say, what are the odds of what's hap what happens in life actually happens? If you ever broke down the odds, they're astronomical. Right. Um, I think that people 
in the first group um, live in fear. They grow in fear. They strive in fear. They get stronger and better in fear. I think the second group, um, fear diminishes them. They feel less control. They don't, they don't embrace fear necessarily because there's nothing to learn from it. It's luck. There's nothing I could, could have done. There's nothing I could have yeah. done better, different. It's just, I can do all, everything I want. It can happen again. Um, so those are the, those are kind of the differences I see. And, and I've experienced in my life, how I deal with fear in times where I, I, uh, as, as we live the life we live, there are times when we're stronger in faith and, and less strong. At least it has been that for me, where, where you fall into the more, um, you know, human view of, well, it's all, it's all luck. Uh, it, my reaction to fear is very different. I feel very um, less in control, less in power, much more of a victim. And I think uh, in, in today's world, we see victims, a lot, a lot of victims. And to me, victims are people that don't believe that there are lessons in what we're going through, that we can become stronger, better, more faithful. Right. Our life can have much more meaning. We're just victims floating through this thing. To me, that's what that's what that's how I see um, fear. And I see people reacting to fear as it applies to the, the consequences of those beliefs. And even in the church, the church can be, Christians can be driven by fear. Yes. You know, this whole idea of there's no one out there. We are all alone in this. Right. Because there's so many churches, so many Christians, so many men that look at God as this distant judge one day. One day I'll die, go to heaven, and or I'll die and be faced and say, "Here's here's the list of every sin I've ever done," mm-hmm. which, by the way, makes me not that eager to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's your outlook, if that's how you view God, then that's really no different than an atheist who believes there is no God. Yes, you're not. You're not. Um... He's not with you every day and every moment. How, how do I handle this? Well, I hope I'm doing the right thing. So in the end, it's uh, 31 and not 72. You remember her line, the pharmacist line about oh, yeah. her cursing. Right? <laughs> right. So 31 or so it depends. It's douchebag on, a right, curse. Right. Oh, oh well, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that increases from like 36 or whatever yeah, to 72. To 71. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. you know, we we know we're sinning, right? I mean, when right. we when we do things, we can we can. Uh, um, sort of say, well, I don't know. Is this is this really bad? I, I think inside we know. So um, looking at God as that distant person, that distant being that will judge us in the end, that's uh, that's not even a hopeful statement in itself. It, right. it, it it does leave a loneliness there um, that I think, uh, as you say, though, even the first group, even people who believe, can can believe that. Right. But what you see with that other group, the group that sees luck or there are no coincidences or there is someone looking out for us. That's, that's found in scripture. It's what Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil when you sold me into slavery, when I went to jail for a crime I didn't commit, when I suffered there for three years being forgotten, what you meant for evil, God used it for good. Right. And what Paul says is all things work together for the good of those who love him. And that's not some sort of pie in the sky sitting on a cloud after we die. Good. Right. Which again, doesn't sound that pleasant. Right. You know, I'm hoping heaven's a lot more than that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking heaven's a lot more like Eden and a less yeah. less like uh, sitting on a cloud of toilet paper. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> of course, during COVID, cloud of toilet paper. I don't but yeah. again, like, again, the response to fear, right? Right. Right. And and so when we look at that, when I think what you see in those two just two different reactions is we can be afraid of God, mm-hmm. afraid of judgment, of condemnation, of, you know, this, this reaction, you know, what the, the parable Jesus talks about, the, where the, the, the parable of the, the talents or the minas or the, you know, he, where the lender, the, the master gives his servants money, goes away right. and says, do, do with this. And you see one takes five talents and turns them into 10. One takes two and turns it into four or something. And the, then there's one who has one. He's like, I knew you to be a severe man. I knew you to be a hard man. And so I hit it. I didn't do anything with it because he was afraid of the master. Right. And I think what, what pulls us out of fear and fear can, can sort of split us. And what you see I want to sort of dive into this idea that we see in this movie of the the identity. Specifically, Graham was, and I don't know what church it was, so I'm going to call him priest. Mm-hmm. So he's he was father. You know, people would say, "Father, you know, how are you doing today, Father?" And he's like, "Don't call me Father." And that didn't diminish the fact that he was in fact father he had two kids right but because of his grief because of his fear because of his loss of faith you know you you mentioned hiding in the basement right because there's that scene towards the end where they they hide in the basement they barricade themselves in from the aliens but that's really a picture of what graham had done right for six months in his own heart of hiding in the basement of his heart mm-hmm. and withdrawing from his children who needed him, who needed him to be father while the community kept calling him father. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you know, you, you look at the movie and you, you think about the, those, there were certain scenes when you think about a father um, and what a family goes through when a mother or father passes away and, and how children need that parent yeah. And he was not able to be there for them, even even in that situation where, you know, they would have needed him more than ever, I would think, in a situation like that. He was not able to, or he chose not to be there. I don't know if Abel is right, right. but um, he, he made the choice not not to be there. Yeah, he had totally disconnected and disengaged, right. you know, the, like uh, the Morgan said, oh, he's going to burn the chicken again because he's off focusing on the signs on right. his fear. Right. Right. If we're looking at aliens as fear, he's looking at his fear. He the the son, Morgan, has to kill the dog when they attacks his sister, Bo. Right. Where is his father? Yes. The, Here's they, the community that saw him as father, but he couldn't he wasn't present to father his children because of his grief and his fear. Right. And and I have not lived through a situation like that. But it is understandable. I think that as we go through life. Uh, I don't know what the right word would be, but um, I don't know anyone. And I know 
some people who are very, very strong in their faith, very strong in their faith, that when something would happen, they would say, a loved one passed away. Here's a catastrophe. God is good. Praise God. Hey, thank you. Right? So it's a very yeah. normal, especially when it hits hits our home, um, when it hits us to that level. Um, so there's this, there's this um, it's easy to say from a position of comfort that, well, everything happens for a reason. Right. And, and, you know, we were talking before about it's not being mad at God, it's being mad at Adam and Eve because they're, <laughs> they're the ones that ushered in this, um, <laughs> our, 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 uh, you know, free, free will, free choice, you yeah. know, and I, I joking, I mean, not really, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, where does, where does that opportunity come from? Because we don't, we don't have to get on an airplane. We choose to. We don't have to be in those situations that tum- sometimes result in death and destruction, but we we choose to, or for one reason or another. So, so where does that anger, you know, where should that anger be directed? Well, it's 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 directed at God. But I think, um, and when I say understandable, I mean I, I think it is a very natural thing. Again, I don't know. I don't know anyone that would go through something as oh, horrible as sure. that and just be, Hey, it's just, look, everything's for a reason. No worries. It's all good. I think that, that when we talk about, um, the, the journey of our lives, journey is a word I don't like that much, but <laughs> when we think about that, there, there is, is there are times that we fall. Right. And, and I think that's always, that's always going to be the case. Right. Um, so it's not a matter of how many sins, we have at the end of it all. It's a matter to me of when we fall, how, how far and how fast do we get back up right. and back straight? Um, so his, um, in the movie, his wife died. I, I thought it was two years. Was it two Six years? Six months. Six months. Yeah. Okay. I, I miss, I misread that. Um, so looking at him in, in that spot is really, uh, it's funny to say acceptable, but I, I totally get it. And, yeah. and you know you just have to accept it for that movie because we have no we have nothing before that we don't know what he was like before that um and it really took in in this case it took oddly enough an alien invasion <laughs> to get him yeah. back where he where he wound up being get him back where he evidently or, or should be right we're not really judging graham right I think that maybe the judging part would be, hey, and and what you see from the community is a guy who's grieving the loss of his wife would absolutely need some time away, right. especially if you're doing something like leading a church. And what I saw in their response was, yeah, you might have stepped down, but you're still our spiritual father. You're still who we turn to. Right. We're supporting you. And in a sense, we know who you are, even if you don't. But taken too long in, in what we see in, in this concept that I want to move to next is there's a time to be still. Yes. And but being still for too long is you're stuck. Yes. There's only so long that you can be in the basement. Correct. And and what we see in this situation is a man who's sort of because he's completely shut himself down like that, that scene that we both thought was funny when, when they think the al- the aliens outside, but they think it's somebody else. And, and Meryl says, go out and act crazy. He's like, yeah. explain, act crazy. Yes. Like how's, why do you need that explained? Like yeah. he is that disengaged, but that's what fear does to our 
ability to think. Well, and I think that, you know, that moment in that movie did, did expose a little bit about how little we knew about that character, because that said tons about that character and, and the type of person that he very well could have been before this happened. Mm-hmm. Probably not someone who joked around a lot. Might've been pretty. And, you know, I've met people like that, you know, people say they have no sense of humor. I don't know if that's the case, but they're pretty tight, you know, pretty, pretty hold things in pretty tight. And that, that scene, I just really, uh, I just felt sorry for him for a second because it's like, really, I mean, wow, that's, uh, uh, even though these horrible things are happening, you know, it's, uh, you're probably going to be uh, a more full person after this gets done because you really don't know how to just act crazy. Right. Like yeah. I don't have a, it's like who hasn't been insane with rage before. Yes. And well, obviously he didn't. Cause it's like, I don't know how to do this. Right. Because he had so completely shut down because of his fear and his grief. Right. And the grief is one thing. Grief is natural. It's not normal because that's not how God created our the world. Right. But it's how our how we respond to the brokenness of the world. Right. It's a natural response. But moving from grief into fear is that moving from stillness where God honors our grief. You know, that God counts our tears. It talks about and and he holds them Jesus Jesus showed compassion. Jesus wept. He he grieved with us and I think he grieves with us when we go through these things. But he had allowed the fear, probably fear of losing his children because the the natural response is something like that happens, the loss of a wife in a random accident. Mm -hmm. And even his wife, even as she's, she's dying there, she says it was God, there's a purpose in this. Mm -hmm. But when we get stuck, we we shut down we lose the capacity to think rationally and we try to control and manipulate the situation yes you saw throughout the movie for for a vast majority of the story graham refused to accept what was actually happening right and and not only him i mean even the other characters in the yeah. the movie we talked a little bit about Marilyn, and when you look at the adults in the room so to speak, because it pretty much happened in a room. That was pretty, another thing about that movie <laughs> yeah. is very much, you know, 80% in the house with those, those four people. But um, he, he, he could not allow himself or didn't allow himself to, to, uh, and, and you brought it up to be childlike in the sense of, you know, wow, I mean, right. aliens, but it, could this be, it was absolutely not. Um, and I don't know how, how, uh, um, and, you know, we talked a little bit too about, talking about the children in the room and I might be going off You're different good. direction, but uh, it, one of the things we, we, that, that I brought up was what struck me was the, the situation where, so, so if you look at it again, from a step back, uh, this, this fear enters this, these people's lives. Um, how do they each react? They each react differently. Um, the one, uh, the, the child, the uh, son Morgan, um, he went and got a book. Yeah. A book about aliens, right? Odd thing to do in, in an alien invasion, but <laughs> but he did it. And and I think uh it's that childlike wonder, and I'm gonna use immaturity, maybe in, incorrectly, but immaturity that allowed him to think, hey, you know, if these are aliens, I'm I'm gonna learn about them. I wanna see what can mm-hmm. we do. 
uh, the adults who could not enter that place of, wow, aliens, what if? This is a hoax. Yeah. This is definitely not, right? And, yeah. and it's, a, it's not so much a comment about aliens as it is just about, about being childlike. Yeah. Right. Wondering, uh, having wonder. So the the son gets a book, and and it just struck me very interesting that in this book uh, there were answers, there were uh, explanations and answers to what was going on around them uh, that addressed the fear. Didn't solve it, but educated, so maybe um, people would know how to deal with it or what they were dealing with. So the adults in the room, um, uh, uh, Graham for the most part, really ridiculed him this book i mean yeah. laughed at it made fun of the guy's name that did it um you remember the scene where he walked in and they were wearing the hats well they learned about the hats through the book right, right. so um he laughed not only at at the book but he laughed at them and what they were doing and that's very personal right i mean it's you're laughing at my dad's laughing at me he thinks i'm right silly right and his response to the book and then it struck me as that then the next adult in the room was meryl who who was much more childlike Right. Much more childlike. Even the way they both got out of bed that morning when they heard the scream. Right. <laughs> he, he woke up. Meryl goes flying out of bed. But, you know, um, um, so he was much more childlike in, in his um, acceptance or, or, or belief in things, uh, not belief, but the way he viewed things. So he was kind of the second adult in the room to start reading this book. He put on the tin hat. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't really for Graham. It wasn't until there was a point in the movie where he had hit the wall. I mean, it was aliens, right? There's no, I mean, th that's it. It was proven, right? Prove it. Yeah. Right. Well, it was proved that he went to the book to look for answers. He said, what does it say in the book? Right. And I just thought that was also, uh, you know, science talking about science. Yeah. And then how often we see ourselves right in the book. Right. Uh, so mm -hmm. we can read the Bible and, and it's like, they're talking about, us, right? Because they're talking about human nature and they're talking about people and that's what we are. And technology changes and all kinds of things change around us, but human nature does not. Right. You know, and, and that's hence your podcast. I mean, any story that exists <laughs> already existed, right? Right. So we see ourselves in that book. You you go oftentimes you hear a sermon, it's like, why is he talking about me? You know, right in front of all these people. How does he know? <laughs> right. So we see ourselves in that. And he turns to that page and there's their house. And there's the three bodies, and he saw himself in that book, yeah. right? Just, just I just thought, like, wow. I mean, is this, is is it written that way, or, or am I just, you know, putting these things together as we all interpret things? But I thought there was a lot to be said about that, and in our journey, um, uh, that you 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 find this book, and if it's the Bible, then you you it's a it's a solution. It's, it has answers, right, to the human condition. Right. And how often people will say, well, hey, you're having trouble. Well, here's this book. And, and people just don't believe it. They'll look at you like you have a uh, tin hat on, right? Yeah. Right. So I thought that piece in the movie kind of played itself out. I didn't put much onto the book until it got to the point where he turned towards it, where he was in so many of us. And, and listen, I, again, I've been the same way. You hit bottom and it's like, okay, now I'm ready to read the book. Now I'm ready to go to the authority and find answers. So I thought that was just a very interesting piece of that, that quite honestly, the first time I saw it, I didn't quite see it that way. Yeah. It was after I watched it a few times, I was like, that's funny because here's, here's the most childlike person went out and got a book that had answers and the people around him were laughing at him until it hit the fan 
And then everybody, then he wanted to read the book. And when he read the book, he saw himself in the book. And I think that moment where he saw that house and the three yeah. people, I think it, it resonated with him that, wow, I mean, that's our house. I see myself in here um, for what that. Yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, it talks, the Bible, it talks about itself, about scripture being a living, breathing document, basically right. that. The Bible, I've heard it, somebody put it this way, the Bible reads us because we take our stuff, our fears, our insecurity, our lack of knowledge about what to do. And it's not going to say, should I take this job or that job? Should I marry this woman or this mm -hmm. other woman? That you you learn through walking with Jesus, if through the relationship, once you get past the fear. Right. But you look at it and it, it's a guide because right. it offers you, well, right. what does it say about this? What does it say about this? And yeah, it may not say, should I marry this woman or this woman? Should I take this job? Should I buy this house? But what am I, what are my guiding principles of right. my life? Right. And God will speak through it. Right. And really that's when you see Graham shift. There's moments that Graham, who's very shut down, very unemotional, very disengaged, doesn't read people very well. Yeah. But he, he sees the alien in the cornfield and you see a, a, a response. Yes. When Ray, who's the driver who killed his wife, basically, when he apologizes to Graham, he, he breaks down. I think when he sees the alien again in the pantry and it, you know, cuts the fingers off and goes home, and he's almost, he's resigned at that point. Right. He's like, we're going to die. Nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. Let's have this big blowout dinner. Mm -hmm. And in that, and there's, a, there's a scene that at the dinner, so they fix, what do you want? Chicken teriyaki, French toast and potatoes, spaghetti. He wants a hamburger with extra bacon because this is their last supper. Yeah. They're going to die. So let's make this blow out. But they're sitting around the table and nobody's eating. And there's, there's this awkward pause and it's, and it's really well done because you feel it. You feel oh, yeah. the awkwardness yes. even before you, you sort of know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so I, I think this conversation again, as this is when I think his fear actually breaks and he sees what is important. Um, and so I'm going to play that clip as they're sitting around dinner, looking at the food, but not actually eating it. Mm -hmm. What's the matter with everyone? Eat. Maybe we should say a prayer. No. Why not? We're not saying a prayer. Bo has a bad feeling. I had a dream. We aren't saying a prayer. Eat. I hate you. That's fine. You let mom die. Morgan. I am not wasting one more minute of my life on prayer. Not one more minute. Understood? Now we are going to enjoy this meal. No one can stop us from enjoying this meal, so enjoy it! Stop crying! Graham. Don't yell at her! And what dad hasn't yelled that at a? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all done it. 
<laughs> this is a nice family time, so enjoy it. <laughs> We're going to have fun. You're going to like it. And and so then he's he's like, well, if nobody's going to eat, I'm going to eat. And he, right. and, But then everybody sort of collapses and they come in for a big hug because they've all they've all held stuff back but what i really enjoy or appreciate maybe enjoy is not the right word is how morgan's response to his dad was mirroring graham's response to god i hate you right you let mom die right and it it wasn't that he didn't have faith he was just stuck, yes. stuck in his anger, yes. which caused that fear to, to grow. And it's only through sort of recognizing that, seeing what's important. And, and you would see that later in the scene where Morgan's having the asthma attack and he's one, don't take, don't take a note. Don't do this again. Mm-hmm. Cause apparently in those moments, he will waste a moment in prayer. Right. There's no atheist in a foxhole, as they like to say. Right. And and he and he says, "I hate you." And it was like a powerful connection, a powerful parallel moment of a son talking to his father. Right. That we sometimes I think get afraid of. We get we we are afraid to take our fear to God, and our hurt and our grief and our anger. Which is why the Psalms are so great because you see that you see somebody expressing that because God can take it. Right. And that's when he, that's when the movie sort of shifts as, as he comes to grips with it, as he, as he talks Morgan through the, the, the break. And, and I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and play that clip as well, because what he says, what he says to his son, as his son is struggling with an asthma attack. And how do we respond when we're in fear? I Mm -hmm. can't catch my breath. My heart is racing. Right. All the things that Morgan is experiencing. And I think for us, as we, when we experience our fear, I think it's a good message of how God is, will speak to us to say, to help us get through it. Right. Don't be afraid, Morgan. We'll slow this down together. Feel my chest. Feel it moving in and out. Breathe like me. Breathe like me. Come on. He dreamed us. Stay with me. I know it hurts. Be strong, baby. It'll pass. It'll pass. Believe. 
We don't have to be afraid. It's about to pass. Here it comes. Don't be afraid. Here comes the air. Don't be afraid, Morgan. Feel my chest. Breathe with me. Together. The air is going in our lungs. Together. We're the same. We're the same. If you ever want to explain faith to someone, what is faith? You know, what is it? What does it look like? That's that's a scene that does that. And and it also so reflects what the father lean on me, lean on me. Yeah. At the very end, he says, we're the same, right? Isn't that just, yeah. yeah. He, he knows what we're going through, right? Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you're not going to surprise or shock, you know, God with your, whether it's anger, fear, whatever, he knows what we're going through. We, we are the same. I know we're not the same in that way, but you know what I mean? He understands, right. totally understands. As, as we've talked, we talked about before, like if you don't believe Genesis one, right. But what is it to say in Genesis one is God created man in his own image. Yes. Yep. And then Jesus came down to be a man. So in many ways we are the same or not, but we are right. And that's what, uh, Hebrews talks about Jesus being a high priest who knows life, yes. who struggled just as we do. And, but that, that, that idea that fear is feeding it. It was such a beautiful line. Like those, that little group of lines there is fear is feeding this. Yes. Yeah. Slow down, breathe. I'm here with you because what is, those are, but it didn't happen until he, ex, he expressed himself to God. He wasted a minute of prayer. Mm-hmm. Don't do this again. I hate you. And, but he didn't respond like Graham did upstairs at the dinner table. That's fine. You can hate me. God responded and I think smiled because he was being honest. Right. Well, and, and I think in, in both those scenes, going back to the one, um, when Morgan said, I hate you, um, I think the shift that happened after that and after that experience, you saw what Graham did to his children for, for his children. He talked about when they were both born, mm. right? Yeah. And, and he tied it to the mom because that's what they needed, right? right? Through all this stuff, because that wasn't a part of it. He, he was not able to have that kind of conversation with them. I think sometimes we say things People say, well, you know, you have to say what you mean. I think sometimes we have to say things that we might not even believe that we mean, right? Yeah. But you have to get it out. Um, I don't know if if when someone says, I hate you, I don't know if they really, in, in both those cases, was it a real hate or was it a word used to express something else? But once the son was able to say that and the father was able to hear it, um, it changed that relationship. Now, I don't. 
that's not the same as the God relationship. Right. I'm just saying in that situation, when the son said it and the dad heard it, to your point, you know, wow, hate, um, it, it woke him up, yeah. right? And I don't know if the son really meant it. Maybe, maybe he did, but uh, everything changed after that. And it's just funny to me that the first thing in the movie, basically, that they did, that, that kind of put them into action, right? We're boarding up. They're here. We're boarding up. Throughout this whole panicky time, because I've been thinking this at the movie, it's like, okay, they're on, they're on the porch, right? We're yeah. gonna we're, we're gonna start boarding up, and and during this time, he's telling these guys, like, man, tell them later, you know, right. <laughs> hurry up, board up, get here. But he stopped in these very critical moments when you talk about wasting time, these very critical moments, and he told them both things that they needed to hear, and was just very very emotional, loving, deep, caring yeah. things, and it wasn't it wasn't about him. It was about them and the relationship of the mother. You know, it was important for him to connect with them that way. Um, so I, I just thought that was, uh, I thought, as you say, a turning point. It was also interesting to see how that moment changed him, where it put his heart towards his kids, because you hadn't seen that right. in the whole movie. And I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. That's what I was saying. We don't know his past. Was he ever a, 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 a cuddly guy? You know, because he certainly wasn't in the movie. But in those moments, he was very thoughtful and and very loving and caring. So. Well, and I do think something had shifted because of that scene where uh, Morgan had told Meryl, I wish you were my dad. Yes. He had felt, he felt a gap. Yes. And I think Morgan, the way that Morgan and Graham were interacting was the way that Graham and God were interacting. Right. And where were you when this bad thing happened? Where were you? When the dog attacked my sister, I had to stand up. You let mom die. And those were all, he was, Morgan was able to express the emotions that Graham had, but was unable to express them weirdly until Morgan did. Yes, and I love that right. what you said, but what did the father do to his children in the moment of crisis? He reaffirmed who they were. Yes. He's like, no, this is who you were. You were, you were a beautiful, an angel. You know, your son, you, you looked, you were a dream right. that I had this, you looked just how I imagined yes. you. And you meant everything to your mom. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just, you were her everything. It was, yeah. it, was it was such a, a touching moment. There were a few in the, in that movie, you know, again, it's the, the only, uh, alien invasion movie that, that pretty much there, it's kind of like, oh yeah. And by the way, there's aliens on the front porch. You know, it, it, it's, it's just such a, uh. It's, just, it's a great movie that way to um, tell that, tell the stories that are in it. Um, that, that moment at the table changed the survival mode too, I think, to me. Now, granted, I know the aliens became apparent. They heard them, but all of a sudden it was less about, um, we're not going to get through this. You know, it, it's the end of the world too. We're, we're, we're going to protect ourselves. We're fighting. It just seemed like it, that moment woke Right. Woke everybody up, put more passion inside of him because he took over in a way he that he hadn't taken. the yet. father. Yes, he took over in a way he wasn't taken over before. Yeah. He was leaving things for other people to do, right? I'm not, when he was saying, don't call me father, he he meant it, right? I mean, like he he meant it in every sense of the word. I'm, right. I'm, don't call me father. I ain't father. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not your preacher father and I'm not your, uh, so he, he, he gave up in that. In that moment, um, you, you saw him take his place back. In yeah. that moment where we hadn't seen that in the movie. Yeah. That way. Yeah. And it was powerful. And you saw that as they come out of the basement, again, the, the, the parable, as it were, the, the, the physical revelation of what was actually happening in his heart 
where he was coming out of the basement to become father again. Right. They came out of the basement only to be attacked again. Because that's what's going to happen in our lives. Correct. We're going to come out of the basement. We're going to get slapped in the face. Yes. And we thought we survived. Oh, Morgan survived. We're through the crisis. He slept for 12 hours. The aliens are, the fear is gone. Uh. But this time, where did, where the poison appears to, you know, Morgan appears to be poisoned. Right. He's not turning to himself breathe with me, do this. He's saying, no, there's a reason you had asthma. He's seeing, that's what, that's what his wife said. See, yes. He's seeing the signs telling Meryl swing away. I need you to defend the kids because this is what you're good at. Right. Use all these weird glasses of water. Yes. Uh, The daughter had left sitting around the house. Right. But he had asthma, so he wouldn't die in that moment. So he, if anybody else had gotten poisoned, they would have died. Yes. Yep. But because it was Morgan who had asthma, who had actually had an asthma attack, so his lungs, it, the way we call it, tight, your, 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 your lung tubes. Lung the, tubes. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's, that's the, the official name. Right, yeah. They constrict and make it very hard to breathe, so you, you need something, they call it bronchodilators, that opens up your, your airway. But he hadn't had that yet. That was the medicine they were going to give him. Right. And that saved his life because in the, according to the movie, the, the, it was so constricted, the poison Didn't gas couldn't get in. Well, I, I think when you say that, I think going back a little bit earlier when I, when I talked about when we're in misery and fear, we don't, we don't see what we're supposed to see in those moments because we run to the basement. Right. right? I think that, that explains really that, that illustrates kind of where I was talking about that. And, and what you're saying is exactly right. That was fear. That was horror. Alien hold my son, right? But he, he saw, as you said, he saw. And that's, that's what I, going back to that statement earlier about when, when misery, when fear, when horror comes into our lives, we don't, we don't see. We don't take that moment to see what is happening. What is this? Why is it happening? What can I learn from this? We not to overstate it too much, but often we run to the basement, right? Because we don't want right. to see it. And I think you describing that scene pulls back in my head what I was trying to say. It's there he was in this moment that they could have all just ran downstairs again or or they could have done any number of things, but he was clear-headed. He was calm. And it even struck me in the movie of how methodical and slow he was. I was like, well, just run across the room and do, right. you know, but no, he couldn't because you don't know what that, you know, alien might do, and I might be overthinking that scene. But anyway, the way the scene was given to us is he was very slow and he was remembering um, what the wife said. And he went down the list and one by one, checked those things off. Um, I think that's a, that's a, a, that scene resonated with me. It really did. And when, when fear attacks, yes, we have a choice. Are we going to retreat to the basement or are we going to take him out to the yard? Like he took him out to the sun. Right. Where are we going to go with the fear when it does attack? Because it's going to. <laughs> In this world, you will have trouble. We talk about that yes. verse all the time. Yes. Where are we going to take our fear? What are we going to do with it? And when the, our worst fears actually do happen, is God still God? Same God throughout the whole movie. Right. Right. No, that didn't change. Right. 
and same God in our lives. Right. When the trauma happens, when the worst fears do happen, when yes. the marriage ends, when the job ends, when we lose a son or a daughter or a spouse, where are we going to go with it? God didn't change. How Graham reacted and responded to him did. And yet, at the end of the movie, God's still there to welcome him home, to welcome him back to his identity as right. father, both in the church sense and as the person sense. And you see a miracle. Right. Like just from the way they responded, it was it's they responded like a miracle. What what does the son say? Did someone save me? Yeah. Like I think they did. I think, yeah, I think someone he did. did. That's right. By giving you asthma, yes. you were saved. And the other part is, yes, Morgan was saved, but really the person in the movie that got saved was Graham. Right. He was the one that was rescued. Right. And and in and in essence, they all were because of that. Right. Right. In the sense of as a parent, as as that person that we are when we have children, we have have to be the very best we can be than everyone. You know, it's an old saying, the best you can be, I get it. But in some ways that's, that's very true. I mean, you have to be um, grounded, very grounded in, in faith and your kids will, will feel the benefits, the consequences of that. And they, they didn't have that through those six months. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then the last thing is, is um, what did you make of, the focus on the fingers in that last scene. So the fingers of the alien, he chopped the, the fingers off. That was the one that came back. Yeah. So was that a revenge thing? You think the aliens like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you. Cause you, you know, or you think that was just luck. It's I'm not really a serious a question. I just, thing, but <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> thinking, you know, there's times, you know, if aliens are fear that we think we've got them cornered, yeah. And captured. Yeah. And just when we we're feeling safe, some old fear is going to pop up. Yeah. So from the past. Right. Yeah. That I just thought, thought that was handled. And that was funny that they really, I mean, it, it they made the it very obvious. Yeah. Made it very obvious. Apparently, so they heal quickly. Well, they heal quickly and it doesn't seem to, um, uh, uh, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to stop them from, from doing what they were doing. But you know, the thing too, that, that was interesting about that movie was even how, even how those aliens were, were created right, so we didn't really see them. I mean, you see them, but you don't really see them. But they had they had the hands that were on every horrible creature you ever see in a movie. So they, whenever it would come under the door, yeah. you know, they created hands ugly enough to scare you. But the rest of it was pretty. Um, uh, didn't really see it. I just thought that was yeah. interesting. You don't have to put that in there. I just <laughs> I just thought that was kind of the way they did it was very clever. And and you know the scene where you saw the alien in the, in the reflection of the television. Oh yeah, just very very. Um, clever with moments that cause real tension. Yeah. I mean, he saw it without uh, just, just very well done. It's a very well done story. Yeah. I think very well done cinematically. That's it was, all. it was good. So thanks for spending the time with me today and Thank you. talking about signs. This has been a movie that, that a lot of people have talked about wanting to have on the podcast. So glad well, I, I could get this knocked out. I hope I was able to um, add something worth adding. We'll find out. Oh.
See, I want that immediate. Like, yeah, I think I, I know, I, I know at, what at least, you're looking for. No, no, it was great. No, 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 no. I've given up on that a long time ago. I just want, you know, I think when you said this, I think I can use that. Yeah. When yep. you, when you said this one thing, I think that made sense. I got to listen to it again, but I think that made sense. I'm not sure. I might be able to use that. Yeah. This will definitely be published. Oh. <laughs> So this has been Paul McDonald and Steve Kent talking about signs. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know we did enjoyed sitting down here in my study, oh. hanging out and uh, hope that you join us next time here on the men at the movies podcast. Bye. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before, but if I am no longer who I was, who Might be.